Hey, it's episode 21 of the TV Junk Podcast, and this is Arnold. My name is Greg. Thanks for checking out the podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, TV Junk Podcast, and uh, send us any emails uh, to tvjunkpodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions or concerns. So uh, put uh, one down on your scoreboard of how many times you hear someone say, Arnold, that's two, uh, throughout this podcast. And if you haven't guessed, uh, we're going to be talking about the Netflix three-part documentary series on Mr. Schwarzenegger himself. And we've got a, a pretty good uh, crew of uh, bodybuilders, actors, and, uh, well, I was going to say Americans, but we don't have any Americans. Uh, first, we got Dax. Welcome to the show, Dax. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, thanks for having me back. It's always fun talking junk and uh, TV junk as well. So is the actual name of the show Arnold? I think it's just Arnold. Yeah, so that's the third like, one. Like, I just wanted to give you the third one right there. <laughs> I appreciate that. You're welcome. Uh, uh, someone with quite the physique. We have uh, Sean Dwyer. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me. Looks like you're wearing a deep V right now. Dwyer, are you? Deep, deep V. Yeah, I got to show deep off Deep V packs. t-shirt? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. <laughs> And uh, the reason we're doing this, uh, was it was by request. We've got uh, Mr. Doug Nagy. International friends, pleasure to be with you here today. And like the rest of these folks, I'm fucking crushing the D-ball. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's, uh, uh, we'll start with you, uh, Doug, and uh, talk to me about, uh, I'm assuming you have a deep fascination with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and the fact that you wanted to... Uh, I watched this and talk about it. So when did uh, when did he first kind of show up on your radar when you were growing up? Well, Conan the Barbarian, when I was very young, right? I remember uh, seeing that as a child. My dad's friend, uh, Terry, he's the one that had a VHS. We would go over and watch movies. And then really the Schwarzenegger movies were the movies of my childhood and the movies growing up, right? So it's, uh, what is it? You have Terminator. You have. Oh, my God. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Uh, Pumping Iron was a bit before my time, but you have uh, Conan the Barbarian, you have uh, The Running Man, you have uh, Total Recall, Twins, Predator, Commando, Commando. you have, uh, what is it, True Lies, and just, he was everywhere all the time growing up, right? So when I started to get older, I started to appreciate him more as the character and uh, as an individual, uh, on a personal level, because here's a guy who achieved an incredible amount in his life and is still achieving things, right? And that's why I kind of wanted to see this documentary. But one of the things that always stuck out uh, to me was, and Schwarzenegger talks about this himself, that everybody always says he's a self-made man, but he's very quick to point to his mentors and also his competitors, right? So he he, he calls bullshit. He calls bullshit. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and whether what it's it, uh, what, what's the term the the, the schma or something like that? <laughs> oh, uh, sh- shme or something like yeah. that. Yeah, it's bullshit. <laughs> and uh, we'll talk about that later. But that was very his salesmanship was something that really kind of came out in the uh, the documentary, and that makes sense. Uh, but Schwarzenegger continually wanting to test himself against his peers, but also following the blueprints of those who went before him was very interesting. Like he basically wanted to be Reg Park and effectively became Reg Park, right? And uh, eventually was able to adopt Reg Park as his mentor. 
And from just a success standpoint, from a mentorship standpoint, uh, he's a very interesting character over and above everything that he accomplished in film, bodybuilding, politics, uh, and his personal life. So uh, he is a role model in a lot of ways. He's also a kick-ass action star uh, and ultra macho hero for the ages. And uh, in any time in history, he would be a, a gladiator. So it's just a really interesting guy, a very accomplished guy, incredibly funny. And uh, yeah, cannot uh, get enough of uh, Schwarzenegger with regards to uh, his story uh, myself. So I was very interested when I saw that this uh, three part was coming out on Netflix uh, and I enjoyed it. So yeah, glad we could do a show. Dax, uh, what about you? When uh, when did you first kind of get uh, noticed by uh, Mr. Schwarzenegger? Or what well, did, he, what did he you... noticed he well no I'm he glad you asked you. that he noticed yeah. me probably yeah. when I was 11 12 yeah. you know on the the streets of Kilbride uh just you know throwing rocks at the corner store <laughs> uh but uh, no um I well I wanted to add there to Doug's point he's yet an another prime example of a famous person someone who's achieved a lot when they give their advice or he didn't actually give this as advice but he says it a couple of times and you're like oh okay Another one of those people that say that they visualize what they want and they they don't, it's like 100%, they don't have any doubts. So it's just another one of those examples of how to imp- improve your life, apparently is really needing to go for it and not even thinking that you're going to fail kind of stuff. So, I mean, and it, anyway, it's very cool. Um, I noticed Schwarzenegger back, I just, just like Doug said, I think my dad used to... Uh, uh record you know do the rentals and record beta tapes and all that kind of shit so we had our like little bootleg collection when we were kids and stuff like that and uh he where i mean my mom was very strict about what we could watch right so we weren't allowed to watch the rated r stuff we weren't allowed to that but my dad started doing these like little edits right so he would do like he he would hit the pause button so you'd see like the and then cut to the next part so he'd He'd consider what was gory and cut it out, and then my mom just didn't have anything to say. So I got to see Commando and Predator. Those were the first two that I really remember of Schwarzenegger. I think Commando was probably first. Um, yeah, it would have been first. Um, and if, my favorite scene in that whole film is when he's in the um, when he's fighting. I forget the guy. The guy who's in pretty much every Schwarzenegger movie, but he's fighting the Green Beret in the in the hotel room, and you see that girl's boobs and like. He, you know, the, when he when he kills him, he punches him like the, my clip. I can even I can always remember to the sound, like where it cuts and where it starts again, like from where the edit was, was just like the punch. He didn't so show the know, impaling. How did you know she was naked? Uh, if you, oh, no, he left that in there. Oh, I was still in there. We got to see titties. Yeah. yeah. No, Good job, dad. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, dad. Um, thanks, pops. Appreciate it. He goes, that's movie license. You can watch titties. But uh, so he the part where he uppercuts him onto the, the table leg or something. So like it was so funny because he would pause it. They cut out parts, but it was never like the goriest part. It was like the point of impact. So, yeah, we didn't see him fall onto the spike. But like after the pause cuts, it cuts to him like shaking his leg with the bloody stump coming out. It's like it was like it's like why did he bother? But as kids, it was like oh, okay, well I get to watch it, so I don't care. Anyway, long story short, sorry for rambling. Uh, yeah, I grew up just the same way, um, falling in love with those movies. I don't think he made really like was there really one that everyone goes all oh, that shit. The only one I would say I didn't like was uh, Action Hero, Last Action Hero, 
I don't think I've ever Ooh, seen it completely. You gotta, you I think I watch it, man. I know. And I, I fell asleep, I think in the theater watching it or something. And I just never bothered with it again. Um, but I mean, the guy's like batting like nine, nine, nine or something like that for me, as far as it goes, they're all entertaining and enjoyable. Um, and yeah, it was a major part of my childhood. So it's funny. I didn't even know we were doing a podcast. I think Frank brought it up with me because um, I would just started watching it on my own. I, I was two episodes in before I even got the email. So I was just one of those well, things. You, you're a like, huge dockhead. So it's I'm a, just... you know, I'm a dockhead, Sean. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I, I got hooked right away and I loved it. Sean, uh, what about you? When uh, When's the first time that you set your eyes on uh, that glorious physique of his? I mean, I, I'm sure I knew who he was before this, but Terminator 2 would have been the first one for me. Um, you know, my uh, a lot of people, it's like like Dax said, it's kind of like bonding with your dad. My dad wasn't big into action movies, and I wasn't really allowed to watch R-rated stuff. So everything kind of before that, I wasn't... I hadn't seen up to that point, but then I saw Terminator two and then, you know, had a, a group of friends that were kind of like, okay, we got to go back. We got to watch the first Terminator. We got to watch commando and, and kind of seeing those movies and just how funny they are and stuff. Like it was, yeah. After that, I couldn't get enough. Um, my, uh, my mom took my brother and I to go see Conan the barbarian. Um, probably not really a, a movie for like a, seven-year-old but uh but uh, <laughs> i do remember being enamored with it um probably because uh you know i was really big into comics obviously and so in conan o'brien uh, conan o'brien uh, conan the barbarian uh was a was a comic and um john and, Byrne, uh, right? yeah and uh so uh that's probably why i wanted to go see it but one of the, the other things that uh uh one of my early memories of of arnold was uh because i was big uh, uh into the avengers and and i knew who hercules was because he was on the avengers and uh and there were there was a couple of hercules movies with uh lou ferrigno uh oh, those ones were the both shit of them, bro the first one i saw yeah the, yeah they're they're trash trash oh movies. so bad yeah but I was, you know i was you know again i was a kid and you know the incredible hulk and so i had to watch it and and then uh, I remember I used to go through the TV guide when I was a kid, and I would look at all the movies, um, usually trying to point out uh, uh, the Godzilla ones, because uh, my mom used to let me, uh, she'd wake me up on like a Saturday or Friday night if there was a Godzilla movie on at three in the morning, and I loved uh, all those 60s uh, Toho ones. Uh, and I remember seeing Hercules uh, in New York, and I was like, oh, another Hercules movies, and starring Arnold Strong, uh, which we will, we'll, we uh, kind of figure out uh, in the documentary of, of why they changed his name, but it's, it's Schwarzenegger and he's dubbed and it's an insane movie where he pals around with this scrawny little dude. Um, and he fights a guy in like a bear suit and it's, it's just like an awful movie. But um, I think, I think when I originally saw it, they had changed the name of the movie because it was originally called Hercules in New York. And I think they, when they released it on the television, it was called Hercules goes bananas. Um, and it was just an, an awful movie, but I found it hilarious. And so uh, I, I think that's kind of enamored me towards Schwarzenegger and, and uh, all of his action movies that I was growing up. And like, uh, I think T2 was what it was 91 or 92 yeah, around there. And uh, so I was, you know, I was in the middle of high school and I know my friends and I, we all went uh, uh, like opening night to see Terminator 2. And it was, it really was like the biggest action movie oh, yeah. ever and like the the stunts and the special effects were were better than 
you know, anything that I think I had ever seen before in a movie. And uh, it was just like this massive event and it had like that awesome Guns N' Roses song yeah. in it. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and you know, Schwarzenegger was in the, the GNR video uh, as 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 the Terminator, and I remember in the video, and and uh, you're you're looking at the, from the viewpoint of the Terminator, and he and uh, like on the screen, it's uh, like uh, kind of telling them the danger levels of everybody in this bar. When he gets to Axl Rose, it's like no danger, like total loser or something like that. And uh, but yeah, Schwarzenegger uh, as a young kid was uh, was pretty badass. All right, so. Uh, the documentary is uh, was directed by uh, Leslie Chilcott, and uh, it's divided into three episodes: uh, athlete, uh, actor, and American. And it kind of goes to the different stages of Schwarzenegger and his career. And it kind of, you know, the first one starts off um, growing up in Austria and his family life. Like I, I didn't even know that he had a brother, nope. um, so that was interesting and, and new news for me. Um, but and a lot of the body, the the bodybuilding stuff, I kind of knew about because I had seen Pumping Iron. The early stuff that, was good though, like showing like, yeah. his first gym he was at and shit, where he'd put the chalk on the wall and stuff. That was kind of cool. And uh, I mean, like you really got to be disciplined if you want to look the way he did, and and just uh, and and how he had his workout workout regimen. And I I know that he had a a uh, a kind of like a big rivalry with Lou Ferrigno, and so I was I was surprised that uh, there was only one shot of Lou in this entire movie and it was the back of his head and it was from a clip uh, I think from Pumping Iron and, mm-hmm, yeah. and Arnold just refers to him so I don't know maybe there there was there's been some beef uh, all these years uh, but uh, you know we did get uh, interviews from a whole bunch of different people but you know let's let's start with uh, uh, the first episode with him uh, growing up uh, in, in Austria and, and the family life that he had and, you know, the very strict father and, and uh, you know, always putting his uh, children in competition with each other. With each other. Um, I never had that growing up. I, I, don't, I don't know if you guys, uh, and if you had siblings, if you had uh, that sort of a thing, but it uh, seems to be kind of like a, a very old school, maybe it is like a European thing, uh, to, uh, especially if you have boys to, uh, to, you know, put them up against each other and, and, and see how tough they are and see how they grow up. But, uh, well, Doug, we'll start with you. So what, what was your takeaway from some of the early stuff with Schwarzenegger as a kid and, and his, uh, yeah. and his family? Well, uh, it was interesting. A lot of this, I, I didn't know. So this was all fresh for the first time. And, uh, like Dax was saying to see the, the gyms and the town, beautiful town as well, right. It's a picturesque oh, God, town. Yeah. Yeah. But, he was always second place and he was made to feel that he was always second place. Right. So you, you really get the sense where he was always trying to prove himself. And even he says later, um, I don't know. I think it's the second or third episode where he says when his mother died, he, maybe I was doing this all along for uh, their, approval. Her, her, their approval and affection. Right. So yeah. it's um, you can tell that it really spurned him on and then a genuine love for the cinema. The moment he first saw his uh, the Hercules movie with Reg Park, and then he came across a magazine, and that was it. A movie in a magazine set in motion this incredible career and life. And it's very interesting just to think that something he saw a few times, he latched onto it, and uh, to your point earlier, Dax, 
He just visualized it, said, no, this seems good. I'm going to do this and just hell bent on achieving it. And, and uh, he was certainly fueled by the competition and the desire to prove himself when he was a kid that appears to have been hardwired during that time and did not stop. Right. So mm -hmm. even later in the, I believe it was the third episode where he's talking about his, uh, his brother uh, when he wrapped a tree around the car he talks to his brother like he was soft and even still there seems to be a little bit of competition, right? It's like I was better than him. He was soft. Maybe that's why he died. And I don't know if he met those comments that way, but that's kind of what I read into it is that competition only could really stop after the brother was gone. Uh, but even then it was still, he is always go. That's never going to stop. And he's always driven. And I don't think he has an off switch, right? I think that's apparent. Uh, when you watch this is he has an incredible amount of drive. He's laser focused in his determination. And if it wasn't being a movie star, if it was something else, he would have been the best in that field as well. I get that, that sense just from, from watching his childhood and how he was formed. John, what about you? Uh, well, I guess uh, overall, I would say like that, that first episode, uh, there was definitely a lot of stuff I didn't know. So that was cool. I did feel, I don't know, at a certain point I was like, okay like this is a bit much on the like the whole bodybuilding side of things like i was like okay let's get to the movies because that's uh, just what i was more interested in but um I, I think the thing that i took away from that first episode the most was you know i was thinking of other recent documentaries like the um the the jordan one the michael jordan one the tiger woods one i feel like there was maybe another one but it's like all these people that are you know the absolute peak of their uh, whatever chosen profession or sport, uh, it all kind of seems to come back to like trauma in their childhood or uh, just some kind of like competitive fire that's in them. And no matter what, they have to find someone else to be their rival that they're targeting to be like, I'm going to be better than you. And that's the thing that keeps pushing them and pushing them and pushing them, uh, which is probably not super healthy, but <laughs> It's clearly a thing that got them all to be the best at what they are. Dax, uh, what about you? Like uh, any uh, uh, takeaway from kind of his his early life and anything that was new to you? Yeah, no, the whole episode was, and I I was really I think out of all of it, my first episode was my favorite. It's, it got me really hooked. I watched first and then the halfway through the second right away. Um, I because I I wanted to know that I love hearing about all the beginning stuff on all these documentary things. So um, I love the whole Austria and like explaining about the war and what it did for Germany and like afterwards and his relationship with his parents and all that kind of stuff. And just, you know, all the things you kind of guessed was what fueled him, you know, like his, the American dream and all that kind of stuff, you know, um, uh, all the stuff I hadn't seen in pumping iron. I thought I was just going to get a repeat of pumping iron, which I did love. I love pumping iron, but I love that it was like so much that what like all his real estate shit and all that stuff. Like I think yeah. that was in the first episode, right? Like where he's like in America, but he's like living in people's houses. It's it's so funny, like how all of these stories are this like similar. It's people that come from nothing and are not afraid to sleep on people's couches and do this and that for just doing what they want to do. And then people help them out along the way because people either are befriended, but they're they're charismatic or they see uh, like you know they see their dream and want to help them or they're just good people and it just it just it's funny how you think oh like how everybody says he's a self-made man and he calls bullshit but the 
because his whole point is that so many people helped him along the way. And you really get that sense. And especially the first film, mm-hmm. uh, first episode, it's all he basically goes through everybody who got him up to the point of getting into films up to Ivan Reitman and all that kind of stuff. Um, and people that got him into weightlifting, like Joe Weider and all that stuff that got him they paid to work out and all this kind of shit. So like he, he literally had nothing and, and, you know, was, you know, an amateur athlete in the States and he had won. And that was something I didn't know was that he'd won Mr. Universe or whatever it was in Austria or Mr. Olympia or something in the Austrian version. And then, and he was, he was at 18 or whatever it was and he was massive, but it was just cause he was bigger. And I didn't realize that I always thought he was always bigger here, but it was about the cutting weight and the water and like all that kind of diet to take to the next levels, which cause he actually, I didn't realize he had lost. I thought he won as soon as he came over here. Yeah. Um, so that was all very cool to see the kind of up and down of all that. And then like the, the real estate thing was really cool. Like a guy owned a house at property. Like, yeah, like it, I mean, I get it was a different time, right? If you had some money, you could easily turn that, but he needed to know people that taught him to do that shit. Right. Like it was, it was just, it was very cool to see and his dating life and stuff like that. And how he met, uh, it's Maria Shriver, right? Maria Shriver. Yeah. Yeah. How he met her and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, no, yeah, it was a great episode. I loved it. So I really love the story when he lost the first Olympia. He made fun of Frank Zane, who he lost to with his chicken arms. And then he calls them and they start training together. They start working out together. Yeah. And that's a theme that happens, right? Is he he's fiercely competitive, like even with Stallone, like there's almost a hatred there, but he has an understanding where they're still making me better and he wants to learn from them. And every bet, everyone is better as, as a result of the competition, right? There's a, a funny story. Another uh, bodybuilder that Arnold beat Mike uh, Metzer, I think his name is uh, Schwarzenegger made fun of him, said he was fat and the guy held a grudge the rest of his career and never won an Olympia. Right. So you wonder if rather than having the sour grapes, you just reach out and you, learn from your competitors, you embrace the competition, the difference it can make, because otherwise it consumes you and just brings you down. So, Yeah, like Schwarzenegger seems like he's the, uh, well, and, and it very well appeared that he was the type of guy that, you know, when um, he decided he wanted to get into bodybuilding, it's like he learned every single thing there was to know about it, like how to train and how to eat and, and, uh, and you know, how to do all the different exercises and all that. And then uh, when he came to the States, you know, to, to learn more about bodybuilding and then he started doing the real estate and um, he kind of learned all there was to know. And now he's buying apartment buildings and he's, you know, buying houses and he's, he's flipping them and he's like a, a millionaire ever before he even becomes yeah, that, an actor, that. which is, you know, something I didn't know, but no. it's, it's the type of drive that he has. And, you know, we, we learn about more of that drive when he's an actor and then more and beyond that. Uh, but, uh, Dax, you mentioned, uh, uh, Joe Weider. Um, he's Canadian. I didn't know he was Canadian. No. Um, but, uh, I know of Joe Weider from the back of comic books because he used to advertise yeah, the supplements yeah, about, yeah, yeah. about, uh, and it was like the little cartoon of the scrawny guy getting sand kicked on him at the beach. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, ordering the stuff from Joe Weider and then becoming this massive guy and pushing the bully out of the way and walking away with the girl on the beach. And so I was totally familiar with who that guy was. And uh, so it was it was super funny to see Schwarzenegger uh, mentioned him. Um, and, uh, and same thing with with the relationship that he had with uh, with Reg Park as well. And then uh, he also had that friendship with 
that other bodybuilder who was Franco or yeah, Franco, uh, who, uh, you know, he put in a lot of his movies and, uh, um, just a lot of uh, cool stuff that we, we learned about him as he was, uh, kind of, uh, uh, on his way to becoming, uh, an American citizen and an American uh, film icon as well. But overall, I, I really enjoyed the first episode. Um, it was really cool to, uh, learn more about him as a kid growing up and, and how he got into the training and all that stuff. Uh, but uh, so we move into episode two, which is the actor part. And, and uh, Sean, no, this was the episode that uh, you were most looking forward to. So um, why don't you uh, lead us off and uh, tell us what uh, you liked about episode two and, uh, and some of the stuff that we learned about him uh, beginning as an actor. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, so I, I think the stuff I liked the most was sort of the breaking into Hollywood stuff. Cause I, I wasn't that familiar with some of the earlier films, like stay hungry. I knew about Hercules in New York, but you know, didn't know all the details and there's some good stuff in there. Um, just like the idea of, okay, this guy's like a star as a bodybuilder. He's become a personality by going on these talk shows and stuff, but now how do you, turn that into like a Hollywood star. And obviously, you know, the accent and like, just, you know, like his physical presence was not something I was in demand for movies at that point in time. So it's just interesting how he had a couple opportunities. They kind of each led to something bigger and he just wanted to get better as an actor. And he just wanted to keep building his brand quote unquote, I guess. Yes. And, uh, and just through that, like, yeah, eventually, like, you're at the point where you're in the middle of the 80s and suddenly, like, muscle men are everywhere and, you know, the 80s excess, like, suddenly he's kind of the the face of it almost, you yeah, know? He was like so, the forerunner, though, wasn't he? Because I think it was yeah. Conan that started, like, started the, holy shit, this massive guy, like, it's an action, it's a comic action thing. And then on the heels of that is, like, when he starts doing Terminator and shit like that, right? So it's like... Yeah. Bang, 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 bang. And then you get like Stallones and all that kind of stuff coming out after that. But yeah. Yeah. And the Conan stuff was pretty cool just because like, I didn't know like John Milius was kind of had to fight for him to be in the role. And that, I mean, and yeah, that, that was basically like, once that happened and that was kind of a hit, I think everything else fell into place for him, but, but that was the big one to, to kind of land. And, uh, and yeah, so there's there's some interesting stuff there. I think the later stuff with James Cameron, it's like mostly stuff I've heard before, but you know, still fun to see. Yeah, the, the Conan stuff uh, was was I thought was very cool. How um, he talked about they couldn't find like a like a body double or a stunt double for him because he was too big, so he had to do his own stunts and you know got beat up pretty bad. And um, uh, I did not know that this director apparently was insane and uh, so good I, yeah i did enjoy uh, some of the stories about um you know making them you know out there in the snow and just doing <laughs> take after take of of him getting you know punched in the face or thrown down the rocks and, and just he, he took uh, quite the beating uh, uh doug what did you think about episode two so it was really good like uh some funny stuff with regards to conan right like john Melius putting a gun on the table schwarzenegger calls you <laughs> tough so you know you're tough <laughs> But also his fuck up in the office with uh, Dino De Laurentiis where he doesn't get on with him at all and shits the bed. And basically they have to try to dig him out of a hole to get the role. And 
uh, Milius uh, fights for him and he, he gets it and then he nails it. And then there's the funny story where uh, Dino comes up and says, you are Conan and just leaves. And Schwarzenegger doesn't understand the level of compliment that he just got. Right. And then the, the director takes the time to let him know. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it really kind of set the stage. And to your point earlier, Sean, one of the things that really stood out in this episode and later in the third, when he becomes governor of California is he did sell his brand. He created kind of his own niche within Hollywood. And there's the interview with James Cameron where he goes, I don't want to be a leading man. I want to be a star. So the idea is I want to be bigger than life. I want to be everywhere. I want to be a household name. And uh, what do I need to do to make that happen? He was already larger than life, but he had to sell it and sort of create a case uh, that that would translate into movies and fortunately it, it most certainly did right so it's it's cool to see that he had to kind of fight to get into these roles at first but then once a few landed uh he was off to the races and again he achieved his goal Dax, what about you uh yeah i think it's along the same things as what sean was saying i really like like i had no idea about like his film festival run of like the the early stuff the um uh like the documentary was it documentary or was it just like a weightlifting film whatever the first one with yeah, what's her name well there's pumping iron i think was first no, was, and then stay hungry or was it the other way around i thought it was the other way around no i Maybe thought the first was. one was stay hungry wasn't it you might be right i i thought it was the other way around but uh it might be i don't all i know is that stay hungry was the first one where like he said acting wise uh i forget who i forget who the lady was in it but she's a big actress at the time like of the time well became a big actress but apparently like he really credited them for helping him it was a the leading man and, and woman helped him along with his like his because he was taking acting lessons at this point and all that kind of stuff um and uh that was really cool to see like you know him kind of just enjoying his first taste of spotlight in in the movie business right where it's like he's doing like I don't know, say red carpets, but he's doing like festivals and stuff like that to promote this film. And then for it to get a claim and be in or get some kind of praise as, as a film, um, his kind of reaction and how he explained all that stuff was really cool. And then, then like you said, Sean, how it kind of trickled into, you know, the role and, and uh, the Conan stuff and, 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 and there, therefore, you know, continued his career up and up and up. Um, I did like this stuff about the Conan. Like I always like, that's what I love about documentary stuff is like the behind the scenes, like, you know, like he had a hard time on the set because he was, you know, like he had to do and because he was hungry and he was going to do whatever it took. You know, I mean, I bet you 10 years into his career, he wouldn't have been doing all those stunts. But I mean, then he was hungry as fuck and he wanted he would do anything for it. So, of course, he's going to throw himself down the, the stairs five times, 10 times. You know what I mean? So I found all that very cool. Um and yeah, I mean, just like we've seen it a million times, but clearly people that get, get to the top, you know, have a dedication, you know, that shows. And I mean, like you see all the clips of him training with the swords and like how, you know, we've seen it with, like, you know, with Keanu Reeves and all the training he does. Like the people that rise to the top of the action genre and stuff that take all that kind of stuff really seriously. And clearly he was among the first to do that of that generation. And um, it showed and clearly people bought into it and, and just kept going from there. I love the... I mean, I've seen most of the T Terminator one stuff. I think there was some, you know, like I like the origin of the, I haven't seen the whole I'll be back thing, like how he delivered it. You know what I mean? Like, I think the line was different or something and how he said it or 
whatever. Um, and, and it just the way the cadence was. And he was he actually told James Cameron, I think this line sounds dumb. And he says, just say it. Mm-hmm. Go yeah. say the fucking line. Go. Right. And he ends up saying it. And they're like, holy shit, this is it. Holy fuck. And it becomes the biggest line in history. Right. So, yeah, yeah it was just very cool, man. It was just very, very cool. Uh, Jeff Bridges and Sally Field were in, there. You uh, go. Stay hungry, and it, you. it's um, you know it. It kind of goes back to, um, you know, he he mentions the people that that helped him at the beginning, and that you know probably, um, you know, affected him as is as he moves on in his career and how he's you know helping other people and and bringing people up as well, and it's it's all kind of the same story. Um, with with the Terminator stuff, uh, uh, I was not aware that the original idea was to have Schwarzenegger play Reese. And oh yeah, right, right. Simpson play so the good. Terminator, yeah, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. insane. And uh, Schwarzenegger does have that pretty hilarious line when he's talking to the director about you know uh, I couldn't see OJ Simpson be, being a killing machine or something like so that. Good. Oh yeah, <laughs> and he Yikes. has a bit of a wink towards, yeah. uh, but. Uh, uh, terminator with uh oj simpson does it become the, the, the big franchise no chance no no, yeah. no chance at all uh, but uh so you know they uh uh touched on a, a few of the movies and a lot of the ones that uh um that made a, a ton of money like terminator was super successful and commando was successful and predator um, and then uh, his uh, his first foray uh, into into comedy, and he kind of uh, talks about how he ran into Ivan Reitman, and uh, and he said that I could be a Ghostbuster, and that's a great story. Yeah, and uh, and so and that's kind of how we got into uh, Ivan Reitman got the idea of putting him in a comedy, and then uh, we get some great stuff with uh, with Danny DeVito as well, yep. and and how that movie Twins uh, kind of came about. Um, I do remember seeing the twins in the theater. And, I did too. Uh, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I haven't seen it probably since then, so I don't know if it still uh, holds up. But uh, uh, Doug, you, you want to uh, uh, talk about that story with uh, with Ivan Reitman, which I thought was was pretty great about the Ghostbusters. Yeah, it's good, right? It's just uh, he he seems like he's a very personable guy all around, right? So he's skiing, he sees the Ivan Reitman, he goes, eh, "I could be a Ghostbuster." They start drinking. They have a good time. They go, maybe we'll do something together sometime. And Reitman seems, in retrospect, to be quite surprised how funny Schwarzenegger is, right? Because And he is a funny guy, but it's not something that you would assume given the movies that he historically had done. And I also saw Twins in the theater with Danny DeVito, and him and DeVito are still now very good friends, and they're lifelong friends at this point. And that story of DeVito going into the hotel and uh, somebody puts his hand on his shoulder to take his bags and his Schwarzenegger, just a great introduction and a start to their friendship, right? Twins is a very, very funny movie. I've seen it a few times since. I still like it. It doesn't get the greatest reviews. However, it's a very funny premise. Danny DeVito is incredible in it. Arnold Schwarzenegger is very funny in it. And uh, together, they are a very, very talented comedy duo. One of my favorites ever on screen, to be honest. Like Schwarzenegger and DeVito together really have an incredible chemistry. That was a very good idea for a movie to have both of them in it. Uh, Twins, I think, is probably the best comedy he has ever done. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed it very, very much at the time as a kid. I enjoy it now. And what what a great sort of insight and uh, look into the making of that film where it was just 
a drink with Schwarzenegger. I talked to DeVito the next week. Hey, I got to make something happen. And then, of course, I've been making just whip up a movie. So uh, then we got twins. And it's just funny how that all came about. Great story. Great to kind of see behind the curtain on that one. And uh, yeah. I find, too, that like the twins thing, if I can jump in that. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, I saw it. I think my parent, my mom or whatever, took us to see it in the theater when we were kids and we loved it. And I remember there was it. I didn't put it down on my list. I didn't put, you know, I, I never remember twins when I think of Schwarzenegger movies. But like there was a chunk of time where that was like on repeat at my house, mm-hmm. like just watching twins over and over again to the point where like my family still quotes it today. When when Schwarzenegger gets out of the shower and he's like, yakety yak, don't talk back, money, when she shows up and sees him naked. And that girl, I, I was in love with that girl oh, yeah. at the time. Oh my god, it's bringing him like muffins or whatever, and he, he was too dumb to tell that she was into him. And all. it was such a charming film. I'm, we loved it. Like we loved that movie growing up. A lot of video store rentals for that one. For oh sure. hell's yeah! Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't remember that poster? Like that, the cover and poster, cover of the, the case and the poster was like iconic. Like you'll never not, you know, be able to bring that up in your mind's eye. Yeah. Uh, the uh, uh, the next comedy that he did, uh, Kindergarten Cop, which uh, um, I think I have uh, more of an attachment to than I do uh, to Twins, um, just because uh, you know again like the the premise is insane. Uh, but uh, uh, the one thing I do like about Kindergarten Cop, and I- I'm sure you guys are all familiar with this, um, I'm pretty sure it was on CFNY. Uh, in like uh i would say the mid 90s and they used to do this thing on their morning show where they would uh uh call people but they would talk to them only oh, yeah. with lines yep. from, from schwarzenegger movie. movies <laughs> yes. yeah yeah yeah, and, yeah you know it, crank calls yeah like, you know like who is your daddy and what does he do <laughs> who and are you stop it <laughs> stop lying you know and, and yeah. just oh, hilarious yeah. stuff and all most of that stuff comes from from kindergarten mm-hmm. cop oh for sure uh, yeah those some of those lines are just ingrained in my head so now when you rewatch the movies and they pop out at you it's like mm-hmm. oh that's from that movie that's from that movie i, I don't know if those were from cfny originally but or yeah, wherever those, it was yeah. those things were hilarious I, yeah. I wish that was covered in documentary because mm-hmm. i feel like that's got to be <laughs> something he's aware of because those yeah. things went viral like crazy episode four soundboard that's right <laughs> think about one of the most popular things right now with the uh i forget what it's called but the chat gpt or whatever like those ai things are is that everyone's putting his face on like everything like the latest one i saw was cole plays yellow they put schwarzenegger's face on that whole video so it's like singing like lip syncing yellow right so and in his voice too so yeah, it's like it'll never go away. It'll never, he will never not have iconic lines going. It's uh, well, actually, maybe in a couple of generations, it might peter out, but for the meantime, it's going to keep going. But he had such an insane string uh, of hits, you know, like Running Man and, and Total Recall, all in there as well. Um, I don't remember if Red Heat was uh, was that big of a hit, and maybe that's well. That was also near more near. Yeah, it probably is. I remember seeing Red Heat. I I loved it, but that was also back near the beginning. That was in like his like, villainy days, uh, or I think that was probably that's not villainy days because, but it must have been earlier on. Like he had like Terminator One face in that. Like he was that young. I feel like what what yeah, the timeline like, on Red, Red Heat, Heat? Red Heat was in between Running Man and Twins. Oh really? Um, yeah. Oh, okay. And then, so it was uh, a bit later. And then Terminator becomes like the biggest movie of all time. And 
And we get a little bit, uh, uh, well, actually, we get a lot about how Schwarzenegger, his idea of promoting movies, and, and it's like you have to go out there and sell mm-hmm. them. And he talks about actors who don't want to do any of that stuff, but he's always the first guy to go on to talk shows and 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 in radio shows and and do everything you know to to promote all the movies that he's in and that's probably a big reason why so many of them were such huge yes. blockbusters because he was out there uh, all the time promoting them and then he kind of has his first failure which is last action hero and they talk a little bit about that in the documentary um and dax you said earlier that you weren't a fan of it but uh sean i'm assuming on a rewatch uh you're you're on team last action hero yeah, I mean, it's. I think it was a movie that was a bit ahead of its time. I do remember, like, I kind of remember liking it as a kid, but like also feeling like, yeah, it's not quite the same as some of his other movies. But it's very like smart about the action movie genre and kind of playing with it. And uh, yeah, I just think it was a little ahead of its time, but it's unfortunate. I forgot about Red Sonia. I loved Red Sonia when I saw that. <laughs> that was like that hidden gem Schwarzenegger movie that like my dad whipped out one day. And it was like way after I knew who Schwarzenegger was and stuff like that. Like I'd seen Conan and then it was my first example of like, oh, shit, like a like a, a cameo of like an actual like I, and my, my little kid brain couldn't handle that. He was in this movie with her, you know, the other, and he wasn't the main star. I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. Oh, I was I was low key obsessed with the uh, Red Sonia as a kid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good old Brigitte. Um, uh doug uh uh what about uh, last action hero did you did you see in the theater were you a fan of it at the time it's a movie i've only seen once a long time ago i don't remember it too much i remember i liked it enough uh i'm a big phil hartman fan and i believe he was in it so i enjoyed um, their interplay but and so after, after his uh his failure you know everybody's talking about is this the end of schwarzenegger and then he comes back with uh true, with true lies, lies which is one of the greatest movies of all time yeah and yeah. uh and it's like uh like a, a massive hit and uh you know it kind of you know relaunched Jamie Lee Curtis's uh film career as well um and uh just this uh massive movie and uh, I remember seeing this in the movie theater and uh there was a guy uh with his uh son and they were he was kind of younger and uh the and he the kid had seen it before and before some of the the big action sequences or before some of the big explosion, the kid was kind of standing up and he was going boom, boom, and kind of giving away uh, what was what happened. And uh, I was kind of, I was sitting behind the kid and there was an older guy who was by himself and uh, he kind of leaned over and he tapped the little boy on the shoulder and he said, Hey kid, a word to the wise, shut up. (laughs) And that kid, didn't say another fucking word for the rest of the movie, uh, which I thought was amazing and uh, and and really uh, uh, super appreciated. Uh, but yeah, True Lies is is an incredible uh, action film. Uh, um, Sean, I'm assuming uh, you're a big fan of it. Yeah, I mean, we rewatched it for our James Cameron Premium not that long ago, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, there's, there's some elements of it that are maybe a little bit dated and don't hold up so well in terms of like politics and stuff. But uh, I mean, there's so many amazing action sequences and obviously the, the Jamie Lee Curtis uh, element. Got to acknowledge that. Oh yeah. I, I remember thinking like, I knew, I knew who she was. 
because I must have seen her in other shit growing up. But in that, I was I was like, oh, man, this girl's hot. And she was not a girl, obviously. She was a, a woman at that point. But <laughs> let can I just jump in here and say how, to quote Frank, how sweaty I am, like my armpits and my <laughs> vagina are sweating from the fact that I have never seen, I just realized I've never seen Raw Deal. Oh, interesting. Like, that's pretty I mean, that's- embarrassing. That's like a pretty early one, though, isn't it? Yeah, but I mean, I've seen absolutely everything else. Like the fact that I remember, I remember I always saw the case that, you know, the VHS or whatever it was at the time. And I would just like, for some reason, I, I didn't see that one. And that's kind of embarrassing. That and Cobra are like the two movies that I never saw, but I always saw the case and was like, I want to see these movies. And I never saw either one. So I don't even know what Raw Deal's about. Cobra's pretty great. Cobra's amazing. Raw Deal. Kind of forgettable from what I remember. But Is it a raw deal, Sean? <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but yeah, I mean, I hadn't <laughs> seen it until a few years ago as well. So it's, it's the, fun uh, to, to go back, check it out. Uh, a couple of great stories uh, from uh, some of his uh, his co-stars. Well, we, we heard the one from True Lies and how, um, you know, he wanted Jamie Lee Curtis's name to be you know, oh, yeah, his prominent, before yeah. the, the title card, which uh, it was, which was really cool. And, you know, she talked about how grateful she was for that. Um, but the, the story with uh, Linda Hamilton from Terminator two, when uh, she showed up on set, uh, like being like totally jacked and, and he talked about how he felt soft or whatever. I said. <laughs> he felt yeah. soft because like, she was like super ripped and toned and, and in better uh, arm shape than he was uh, a very cool story. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. As well. Um, and it, it, I think that kind of really uh, sums up the 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 actor episode. They don't really get into too much more. They they, they talked a little bit about Junior, um, which uh, I, I don't remember enjoying very much. Me neither. Uh, and, um, but uh, uh, not much on. I, I think they showed a clip from Batman and Robin and something from End of Days. Uh, nothing on Jingle All the Way, which I was kind of surprised of, because uh, uh, you know it's a. It's, yes, it's a Christmas movie, but it, it seems to be the one that, you know, kind of has a special place uh, into, you know, for, for a lot of people. Um, it's not something that I really enjoyed. Any of you guys like big Jingle All the Way fans? I've been seeing that one. I think I've seen it, but I definitely don't remember anything about it. But I can see why I feel like any holiday film will strike a chord with somebody that is yeah. raised on it. You know what I mean? Like it'll always fit somewhere um, yeah. in there. But uh, so we we go into uh, episode three, which is called uh, American. Um, does this one begin with uh, with him becoming an American citizen, or did that happen in episode two? I can't remember. I think that was might even wasn't it in the number one. The oh, it might have been because I think he's but, all like hippie, like seventies hair when he gets his citizenship, isn't he? Oh, like, all yes, like... I think you're right. Um, but uh, this one kind of talks about uh, when he uh, uh, decided to. Uh, run for uh, governor and you know I mean this kind of happened you know like you know when I was really big into uh, pop culture and I was kind of aware of everything that was going on and uh, this kind of blew my mind it's probably the same with with you guys and you know being you know older and, and seeing all this kind of happen uh, when you think about this this guy who is in you know Terminator and, and all these classic movies and now he's moving into politics and, you know he talks about like kind of following the steps of Ronald Reagan and being a, you know, a proud uh, Republican, which is, you know, um, something that not a lot of people say these days, um, especially down in in the U S and how, you know, his idea was to not serve 
his party, but serve the people. And, and that's kind of what he kind of led his platform on and being able to work with, with different people and, and uh, you know, and, and winning that election. And then, uh, you know, almost uh, immediately, uh, you know, not being very successful and not getting a lot of things done after uh, I think he passed like an infrastructure bill and then everything else that he wanted to do was a failure. And then he changed um, uh, his chief of staff to uh, someone who was uh, a Democrat, Democrat. Uh, yeah. but who was, you know, kind of fed up with being a Democrat and, uh, you know, and, you know, uh, I think uh, it was a female and, and a lesbian and something that a lot of Republicans, you know, you know, weren't comfortable with and, but that's who he decided to uh, work with and kind of, uh, and then almost uh, immediately kind of shot back up into the popularity of being uh, governor. And I forget that he was governor for like seven years, yeah, uh, which was quite a long time to take a break from, from Hollywood. But uh, I, I don't know, Doug, if you want to kind of talk about uh, what you remember about him kind of stepping away from Hollywood and, and, and getting into politics. Well, I remember when he was running that, and they talk about this in the episode. He was running with a whole contingent of "quote unquote" crazies, as he called them, uh, right? So it was a very interesting ticket. A lot of people on the ticket. Uh, but as oh, soon as right, I, right. There was like the there was like a porn Andrew star and, and, and yeah, and Gary Coleman from yeah. Different Strokes and all that. It was Larry a Flint. ticket. Yes, yeah, Larry Flint. Yeah, and uh, but I I knew he would win just because everybody knows who Schwarzenegger is. Uh, the question is, why would he run, right? So it's a, this answers some of those questions that I had. What's interesting is he never got a payday the seven years he was in office. He did it to be a civil servant and to give back to the people, right? Uh, he's already you do get sp- the sense of that big time. You definitely get yeah. the sense that that's like real shit for sure. And the skills that he had selling himself on stage, then selling his movies to the public, and uh, just the general schmoozing and sales, he used to his advantage not only to get elected, but to continually pound the pavement and sell initiatives that he wanted to get passed. And uh, it's incredible the amount of miles that he put on just meeting, having meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting, really and legitimately meeting with the people of California to get a sense of what needed to change. Uh, retooling, like you said, Greg, when he needed to make adjustments to be successful. And from what I've read, he did a a good job as governor. So it's like everybody thought it was going to be a disaster, myself included, when he ran, right? It's like, why is this guy running? Is it just for, for additional fame? But then we kind of figure out watching this and history has shown us that no, he was he was a very good facilitator, negotiator, and he was able to bring people together in a way that maybe no one else can because of his celebrity and his smoking tent, right? He he got everybody to the point where they could make concessions and uh, get stuff done for the state of California. So good for him. It's interesting, though, that this looks like it was the profession that blew up his family, right? Because mm. everybody could handle him being a bodybuilder. Everybody could handle him being an action star. But going to the office and pushing papers, we don't we don't understand why you're doing this. We're not bought in, and then everything kind of fell apart. Yeah, but it's interesting because I mean I didn't realize Maria Shriver was part of the Kennedy family. That was news mm-hmm. to me. I didn't know that either. And that obviously had to play a part in his decision to get into politics because he was kind of around it and intrigued yeah. by it. I think. 
Um, but I think, yeah, like I, I the probably the most interesting thing to me, like I, I did not, I, I was kind of like, I didn't know if I was going to be that interested in this section of the, of the series. Uh, and there were certainly a lot of stuff I didn't know, but it was kind of interesting. Just, I think he hit that point where he was like, I've, I've done everything I can do in Hollywood. You know, I've made some of the biggest movies ever. And, and I think his movies were kind of on the decline at that point. So it's like, what's next? Well, like I need a new challenge. And that's, you know, being somebody who's super driven like that, he needed something else and, and politics was it. So it was kind of interesting to see how he, how he uh, felt about that. Yeah. To me, it was interesting because he kind of followed the Reg Park blueprint. I'm going to be a bodybuilder and actor. And then once he accomplished that, he still needed something more to do. Right. Which is both of those are enough for anyone else right yeah. but he he still wanted something else uh to do and he wanted it uh to do it on his own i guess and i, I think you're right Webb. like with regards to being around the kennedys all the time that certainly probably gave him the bug to run and got him interested in seeing how it worked behind the scenes right so i also feel too i just feel like he i mean i it wasn't a surprise to me. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a politician, political guy at all. Like, I don't know anything. I'm embarrassingly don't know anything about my own country. Very little. Right. So when it came to American politics, I knew even less. Right. But when, I mean, obviously I knew he was running. I'm like, Oh, that makes, you know, cause I think Ventura had already was already governor for a while. Right. So we known about the celebrity being a, you know, thing. And my first thought as well was like, of course he's going to win. Cause he's, you know, celebrity and that'll get the polls and all that kind of stuff. But I never thought he was doing it for that because I don't know where I'd heard it or for, throughout his career, I'd heard in interviews and stuff that how politically actually was. So it was for some reason for me at the time when he did run, it was not a surprise at all. Like I'm like, yeah, no, he always always seemed to have opinions and political opinions and he wants to make a change. So he's doing it. And um, I thought, I thought it was, it was nice to be able to kind of see that happen throughout the, this episode and how it actually took place. And, um, cause I didn't follow once he was in, I didn't pay attention to what was happening in California. Like I didn't care, but it was interesting to see the whole, like how his first ones. And I like how the documentary set it up. Like, like he was all smiles at his first bill. And then it says points down bent, and everything got kept getting canceled and, you know, not voted on. And so it's like, Oh, I didn't, he apparently didn't do well in the beginning. I didn't know that. Right. Um, so it, it was very cool. And like to show how seriously to take it, which I was hope he would do that if he was running for, if he was in office. And just that feeling, it was really nice to see clearly he was there for the people he wanted to, like, he was very, and he even talks about at the very end of the episode about like, there's no reason why people can't sit down and talk mm -hmm. about things and get things. You may not agree with them, but just find a common ground and make stuff happen. Right. Um, so clearly that was one of his big strengths as well as his celebrity. Right. So in his charisma, you know, got people to kind of, yeah, let's fucking let bygones be. I also did like too how he kind of gave that little nugget of like how pol politicians work. Like he'd be like, you 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 do a bill that obviously fucks over your your other people, but they actually did help you make that. But you have to show to the public that they're against it, so they don't lose their following, right? So you have this little blow up on camera and then like laugh about it behind the scenes. Yeah, and he's like that's just politics, and right. And so I thought that kind of stuff was really interesting to see. My favorite. uh thing about that episode was i had no idea like i knew the californians at that time or he was doing these like radical like environment bills but i didn't realize the one about the 
exhaust and all that kind of stuff, the uh, transmission or whatever that's going to forget what the, the, the bill is for, but it was obviously the greenhouse, for the greenhouse, greenhouse gases. So like, yeah, that yeah. thing about cutting it and all that kind of stuff. When it passed, it became like a, a, a landmark for like the rest of the world almost. Right. Like it, when Obama came in, he kept it going and, and was like, yep, this is great. I applaud you. And then like overseas, like, people are doing it. And like the other countries are, are seeing that as like the baseline. So that's actually a massive, massive thing that he, yeah. he was a part of, right? Like he was, he spearheaded that whole situation, which is, most people would probably say that that's a that's a fantastic thing for the planet and, and humans as a overall species, right? So, yeah, it was it was very cool uh, seeing that how I I didn't know that uh, either. Um, you know, he talked about how you know they talked about reducing it by five percent, and he said, "Well, why are we going so little? Let's go big. We do everything big. Let's do it by twenty five percent." And you know, and to see you know, yeah, like. Like Dax, I said that you know Obama kind of shouted it out, saying you know this is the work that's being done in in California, and we're going to do this on a national level. And and David Cameron, who was the PM at the time in 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 the UK, and um, you know brought Schwarzenegger over and got some ideas on how they could do it. And um, they talked about how Schwarzenegger uh, was doing things that was going to help California years down the road, as opposed to what a lot of the politicians do, mm-hmm. or just kind of help what's happening right now. And he was kind of thinking so far ahead and uh, you kind of got that uh, idea, you know, when he was working with the special Olympics and then he kind of uh, started leading the charge on a lot of uh, causes to help children and, and getting things passed, you know, to, for, for children's care and all that. And which is kind of led him into the politics and all that. Um, but very cool. A lot of stuff that I didn't know. And I, I really did enjoy um, a lot of the stuff about uh, the, the environment, and uh, and how uh, he really uh, made some uh, incredible changes uh, uh, that uh, you know we're still kind of seeing today, years after he's been in office. Um, and then, of course, you know they, they had to get into the stuff about uh, uh, you know the affair that he had, and uh, which kind of you know ended his marriage and uh, how he fathered a, a child, and um, you know and. and um, I kind of remember all of this uh, happening as well. Um, I wasn't sure how his relationship was, but uh, uh, the child that he had uh, in the affair, he is a large human being right yeah, now. Big boy. Yeah, big boy. They showed him working out. And, um, you know, so he still has a relationship with that kid. And, you know, talked about the relationships that he has with his children still. And, you know, and he's on an okay basis with Maria when the, you know, they need to do something for, for their kids together. Um, you know, uh, he kind of owned it and, uh, you know, and it, he also owned, uh, you know, some of the behavior that he had on movie sets and stuff when, you know, he was launching his, his political career. And that story came out, uh, in the Los Angeles times, I think it was about some of the women that came forward about being, uh, groped by him. And, um, you know, um, I, I suppose, it, you know, it's good to see at least him acknowledging that that behavior was unacceptable now and it was un- unacceptable then. And um, so he kind of owned up some of his uh, mistakes. Uh, the really the one thing that I did want to talk about a little bit uh, um was is, is the the cigars and uh, and how he had like the smoking tent right. uh, in office and how it, it was such a big deal to be invited into the smoking tent because people could see you in there and it makes from so much outside, sense you know and uh, so what a crazy idea to have that kind of thing and just 
and you know, get a box of Cubans. And if you come into the tent, you get a Cuban and got to light up. And so you can have these conversations uh, uh, with him. Uh, Doug, big fan of the smoking tent. I love it. It ritualizes the negotiation, right? You're in a tent, you're in the Holy of Holies, you're lighting the incense of the cigar, you're in church. It's a wonderful <laughs> thing. It's a great idea, right? The outside world is out. We're now inside here. It's a special place. And you're able to schmooze people on a whole new level. It's an honor just to be invited. And then everybody else from the outside is looking in, right? So it's, uh, you, I would assume you know that you're being looked at, that you got to go into the smoking tent. So it's very, very smart. It just is a wonderful personal touch as well to his governorship where he is being himself as he is being governor. He's never, he's not apologizing. He never apologized or pretended not to be Arnold Schwarzenegger when he was governor, right? He's always using his, his lines. He's always uh, making jokes. He's always very blatant about the fact that he is who he is. And he used that to his advantage, but also it worked very well all around because again, he was able to make deals, serve the people of California. He did not get paid. And to your point earlier, Dax, maybe one of the reasons why he was able to do things in particular that planned ahead because he was never worried about a payday. And I think there's something to be said for that uh, because he was really thinking about California now and down the road. And uh, because that's why he ran in the first place. Yeah. I think also just the idea that he's kind of an outsider, right? Like, mm -hmm. like this third episode kind of brings a full circle because at the beginning, he's talking about how he just loved America and the idea of America. So somebody coming from outside America and appreciating a lot of things that maybe you don't appreciate when you're just born in America, uh, but also having that outsider perspective I think that had to help with a lot of the the political stuff that he was doing. Uh, so, yeah, and, and the smoking tent, like it's hard to imagine anyone else pulling something like that off, but obviously it worked for him. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention is like, I watch everything with closed captioning because my hearing is terrible. And so I like to have it on no matter what I'm watching. And uh there was one part where he was at one of the, the rallies and, and D Snyder was singing, we're not going to take it. <laughs> and he introduces him on stage. Well, uh, um, uh, the captioning uh, didn't uh, recognize that it was D Snyder. That it was just singer. Oh God. Really? In brackets. How do you not know who D Snyder is? <laughs> He's one of the most recognizable people with that hair and, you know, in the song. Uh, but very funny. But, you know, Schwarzenegger, you know, he's uh, 75 years old now. And, uh, you know, he's kind of he's living the life uh, that that's it's something that I kind of aspire for, you know, to, you know, with my girlfriend and have a piece of land, have a bunch of dogs, a donkey and a miniature horse and just uh, <laughs> and to have that kind of a, a, a you know, a, a lifestyle of just relaxing and and living out uh, the rest of your life. Um, I laughed so hard at that miniature horse. I don't know why, but it just, you know, Schwarzenegger owning that and, and having those as pets, I thought was fantastic. Um, well, but hey, uh, let's, yes. they're in his house. That's the best part. Yeah. Like they're the in, in his, like his, his like giant Oak table where he does his business and shit. And that this 
horse is trotting around on the fucking <laughs> yes. ground and he's like feeding it from the table all my brain does see to me that just screams excess like i have so much money it doesn't matter like, if there's shit everywhere because i was buying new floor yeah. i was buying new floor and it's over but like it like all i thought about like that's it it is the mess like that's all my brain goes to is like that animal is gonna shit inside like in, and I think somebody even makes that comment or something like that. I think it's still owned. There's that really cool, like, quick little interview or a hangout with them, where they're hanging out and holding this Conan sword and stuff. And I, I did like that a lot too. I had no idea that they were like actually the way that they definitely painted up that they were kind of like enemies at this point. I'm sure it was more just like trying to one up and kind of mm-hmm. you know. I'm sure they never really talked like angry at each other. But it's nice to see them. And obviously, we all saw an Expendables when they kind of when that whole situation happened and all these people were getting together. Um, but it was nice to see that uh, the two of them speaking so highly of each other and how they mm-hmm. both influenced each other's lives and, and stuff like that, you know, and and uh, very, very cool. You know, I, I will say something hit me in the hit me in the old um, age junk uh, when I was watching him <laughs> at the very end. Age when I was watching. Yeah. When I was hitting him at the very end and watching clearly at this point i see i don't see a lot of schwarzenegger these days and obviously in the movies he's in like they don't shoot it they kind of shoot him like harrison ford now right where it's like you know he's just kind of there um but seeing him exercising and like, getting off the machines and like like hunched a bit he's 75 right like he's an older dude who's still pretty like he's jacked but it just it's just it, the re- the mortality of human beings you know what i mean this guy was the specimen of specimen for like 20 years right and it's it just kind of made me go fuck and when he's talking about seeing himself in the mirror and going like yeah. the first time you see like this you know it just kind of brought a lot home to me because i'm not comparing myself to Arnold schwarzenegger but we all see our bodies aging and it's just kind of like you hit that point where it's like well it's just downhill you just got to accept it and just keep doing the best you can to be healthy and you know do your thing um but yeah so that was kind of like bittersweet kind of like you know not of the cap kind of thing immortality there but uh very interesting to see. Um, Sean, your thoughts on Schwarzenegger at 75 years old? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of wish I they could have done a little more with that, I thought, in, in the movie. Because that's, you know, for somebody who's been so driven for so many years and has conquered all these things to now just kind of be kicking back in retirement. I mean, I know he has movie projects. He just has that FUBAR series that just came out on Netflix, which I haven't seen. I've I haven't heard, seen that. Heard it's not great, but yeah i'm curious uh but so he's still got stuff going on and i know he's like you know kind of doing a lot of social media stuff and he's you know trying to be very um like just kind of like a a role model spokesperson kind of motivational speaker kind of guy but like like you were saying dax it does seem like he's just kind of chilling out and and kind of retired and um and I just like, how does, how does that guy get to that point where he's like, just accepting that? Like, I, it feels like that might be a hard thing for him to accept. It, you do get that vibe from him that it was a, like, that was a big thing for him mentally to get over was kind yeah. of just, you know, because yeah, I can't imagine when your whole life is, well, think about it, right? Everybody in Hollywood, your whole life is based 90% on your beauty, right? <laughs> so when yeah. that goes, that that's why people are doing crazy surgery to try and stay young and you end up looking like a, hideous zombie gila creature but whatever it is what it is <laughs> don't get me started on that frank will get me canceled or i'll cancel myself according to frank <laughs> but uh yeah sorry sean continue you know, like schwarzenegger like his the main part of his career was like an an era of film that we're we're probably never really going to see again where like uh, of the action movie 
star, you know, it was him and it was Stallone and, you know, and Van Damme and, and Dolph Lundgren and Seagal and, and all these other people that, that, that weren't actors, but, uh, you know, either, uh, looked like they could beat somebody up like Brian Bosworth and Stone Cold or, or, or something like some, any, any random martial arts guy. Like I think there was a movie called the perfect weapon. And I think the guy, uh, the martial artist in the movie, his name was Jeff Speakman. He was just like this five. I foot love ten, that movie, dude. Like you know, <laughs> sort shit, of balding, yeah, and, and beard, like the skinny guy, but he could kick the shit out of people. And it was that it was style like, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember my dad got me into that for a month. That was probably number one on our playlist. Is Perfect Weapon. I forgot about that fucking movie. Holy shit! What yeah, about Remo Williams? Like, you guys remember Remo Williams? Oh yeah, for sure. Holy. Oh it was like God. this this era of movies that we're probably not really going to see again yeah. because, you know, it, uh, it's they don't really need to to make stuff like that anymore. But, uh, um, you know, I guess uh, he did kind of at the end come out on top and and, and live in the life uh, that he wants to live. Um, so uh, uh, let's uh, give a rating to uh, the series uh, out of five, and we'll uh, we'll start with you, Sean. Huh, I hadn't really thought about it until right this second, but um, I thought it was pretty solid. I mean, honestly, I probably could have watched more of it. Um, but you know, there is an element of it like it's Arnold telling his story, and you know, as you mentioned, like the scandal and stuff, they acknowledge it, but I do feel like there's not a lot of criticism of him, yeah. Uh, and you know, with all the politics and stuff, like sounds like he was great i don't know if that's true because i don't know that this documentary would tell me everything he did wrong but it's a good point sean but you know it was it was still you know an enjoyable nostalgic trip and um a lot of stuff i didn't know in there so you know i'll probably give it a give it a three and a half doug what about you i liked it i thought the third episode dragged a little bit near the end uh but overall i i enjoyed it very much i will give it a four out of five Dax. Um, I agree with everything they're saying. I, I really love the behind the scenes of this, the the stuff that I didn't know. I thought I was going to just get a replay of, of all the stuff I'd already seen throughout the many, many years of Arnold Schwarzenegger behind the scenes videos and all that kind of shit. I was pleasantly surprised with 80% of it being new to me. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it. I'm four and a half banging this. Um, I think I'll give it a, a, a four as well. Um, all right, so I can't really do the normal uh, uh, superlatives that we usually do. Uh, there's no secondary characters or, or re- can't really recast uh, the, the subjects of a documentary. Uh, but we can do a, do a top five, and we'll do uh, top five Schwarzenegger films. Um, I guess I'll start it off. Uh, my number five would be True Lies. Number four, Kindergarten Cop. Number three, uh, Terminator. Number two, Conan the Barbarian. And uh, number one, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Uh, Sean, what about you? Five, Commando. Number four, Conan the Barbarian. Number three, Predator. Number two, Total Recall. And number one, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Dax? My list is a little... I'm just going to go with it because I threw this together before I like thought about all these other ones we've talked about. I didn't even have T2 on my list, but I mean, clearly it is, but I'll go with a different route. Um, I'm proud to say no one's mentioned this, but I have a soft spot for my number five, which is the sixth day. Nice. The okay. score, the score alone, 
is fucking awesome. But uh, I really enjoyed that. Um, sixth day, uh, number four would be Commando. Now let's go. Let's go. Total Recall. Uh, number three, Commando. Number two, True Lies, and number one, Predator, because it was the first time I fucking lost my mind over Schwarzenegger and obviously the Predator franchise, which was the shit back then. Uh, Doug, what about you? This is a tough list, man. There's a lot of cuts yeah. I didn't want to make. And I know, really right? This time, <laughs> uh, but I'll go with this. I'll go with Twins, Predator, Pumping Iron, Terminator, Conan. Good call. That's a good list. Um, Doug, thoughts on Conan the Destroyer? So there's stuff I like about Conan the Destroyer. It's not a good yeah. movie, which is too bad because no. Grace Jones yeah. is incredible. Right? Like the the cast is good. I wish the story was better. Like costuming was awesome. But the first movie is just the first movie is something. And what's a line in the first episode we have here? Dino De Laurentiis said, uh, you want it to be good after we're dead. And this is a movie that long after everybody's dead, it will be remembered. There's sweeping landscapes. I was lucky to see it about 10 years ago on the, the big screen. And I've been a fan of the movie for years. But to see the vistas and the lack of dialogue for so much of the uh, the first part of the movie, yeah, it really tells the story with pictures and symbolism, right? And uh, it's a hell of a movie. It, it really does stand up. And all around, I'm a big fan of the sword and sandal genre. So yeah, for me, Conan the Barbarian is uh, my favorite Schwarzenegger movie. Uh, I will I will say the first Terminator is probably the movie where he does his best acting. And when we go into the first episode with this uh, this Netflix series, it's really cool to see how he really kind of soaked in the script and had a sense of how he wanted to play the Terminator. And he pulled it off. He was uh, great as the character. Mm-hmm. Um, Not to mention Conan has one of the greatest... Um, not even it's not even really a montage, but a, gr- a coming of age yes. scene with the, oh, the going yeah. around of pushing the fucking so thing is one of the. I mean, even as a kid, I didn't understand it, but I was like, "Oh my god, he's been doing that so long!" You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then it and then it jumps into the best montage, which is the fucking gladiator fight. Oh right, yeah, yeah. When he's doing the whole like thing or whatever, yeah, yeah, way too good. It's a good. I need to rewatch that shit. So there's only uh, one thing in uh, Schwarzenegger's IMDb that's in between Conan the Barbarian and Conan the Destroyer. He played a bodybuilder in in a music video by the uh, the 80s metal band Girl School in the song Don't Call It Love. <laughs> nice. That's r- rock on. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, thanks for uh, coming on to the podcast and, and, and talking uh, Schwarzenegger. Uh, or talking Arnold, I guess it's called. Uh, we got a lot of stuff uh, that is coming out uh, over the next little while. I mean, uh, we'll, we'll do a Secret Invasion when it wraps up. Dax, I'm sure you'll be a part of that one. Sure. Um, there's a uh, there's the Ahsoka TV show. Oh got God, the, yeah, baby. Uh, uh, the Bear season two. Uh, we're going to tackle. Uh, there's a second season of Winning Time coming out. So there's a ton of stuff that uh, we're going to get to and talk about. Uh, over the next few months so uh, make sure uh, you keep checking out uh, for for new episodes wherever you get your uh, favorite podcasts and uh, we'll see you for episode 22 you can watch mr rogers you can watch three company and you can turn on fame or the newlywed game or the adam family say you can watch barney miller and you can watch your mtv and you can watch till your eyes fall out of your head that'll be okay